It's pretty incredible to be together tonight. It feels pretty miraculous what God has been doing in our midst. And uh, I'm not going to take very long, but I have something on my heart that I felt like the Lord has kind of had simmering there on low heat for a few months maybe. And uh, I'd like to try to share it just briefly with you. As I was praying in the back before the meeting, I, I, thought, of, um, I thought of a story uh, that had took place during the Israeli War for Independence. And uh, Jerusalem was besieged and starving. And I don't remember one of our Israeli brothers or someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think daily rations were down to a few grams of bread and a, an egg. And the city was going to fall if they didn't get food. And uh, some of the men who had been tasked with provisioning the city went into the streets of Tel Aviv, which was still feeling somewhat immune from the, uh, the, the horrors that were going on in Jerusalem. And they rounded up truck drivers in the streets of Tel Aviv, and they took them to a staging point, and they provisioned their trucks with food and started up the back road. They called it the Burma Road after the Burma Road in Burma because it had never been, uh, they, had, they carved it at night and no vehicle had ever driven over it. And there was a, a stretch of however many hundred meters where no car, no truck, no vehicle could go, get across. So these middle-aged men from Tel Aviv put packs on their backs and began to trek over the desert hills and into Jerusalem to provision a city that was starving. And uh, that picture came back to me as I was praying before the meeting. And I saw Jerusalem, the city of God, the church that we have been called to be and to provision and to rebuild. And it says in Amos that there is going to be a famine, not for bread and a thirst, not for water, but to hear the word of the Lord. And I believe we live in those times. It says that people are going to be running to and fro in this famine and thirst. And I believe the church is living in those times. And we who are sitting here today feeling the power and the presence of God, have been given the opportunity to, to get a little of those provisions that some unstable, maybe not the healthiest, maybe not the strongest folks have been trekking over the mountains of Judea to bring us. What did the, uh, the man say? He said, surely if the Lord would open the windows of heaven 
The famine will not be broken, cannot be broken in Samaria. And the prophet said, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you won't eat of it. And in fact, the famine was broken. Amen. Four lepers left the walls of the city and said, hey, if we sit here, we're going to die anyway. Amen. Let's go see if there's, if the Lord wouldn't do something on our behalf. Amen. Well, four lepers that we are eating the fruits of their labors, amen, have been trekking into the camp of the Syrians and the Lord has magnified their footsteps. And we are now being replenished. We are being fed with the fruits of their risk, the risk that they took. So praise you, Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to enter into the labors of those who have gone before us. I'm not exactly sure where I want to start, but I know where I want to go. I was thinking over the past few days of this Exodus conference, I know some of you have not been in all of those meetings, but a bunch of us have. And over the past uh, few days of this conference, we have been hearing a lot uh, from the Lord that is a very persistent call to come out, come out of a way of approaching God, a way of approaching each other, a way of approaching our world, the world around us, the world that we live in, a way of approaching everything we do. We've heard horrible statistics, staggering statistics, some of which Brother Ossie included in his paper that he he handed out the other day about uh, the great cloud of witnesses. And if you remember, none of the statistics in that paper pointed to anything real good and healthy for the city of God in its current state. Remember that? I, put, I wrote down a few of those statistics, if I can get my papers to come unstuck. Uh, I wrote down a few of those statistics, and I'm not going to go through them, but there was one that shocked me, and it was that evangelicals have seen a stunning 64% defection rate in the last eight years. Evangelicals, that should be the people who are really on the move, right? Everywhere we look, we see bad news for the church. Jerusalem's rations have been severely depleted. And its inhabitants are surviving on starvation rations. And they know it. And their enemy knows it. And our Father who is in heaven also knows it. We heard from Brother Harry Argo today. uh, Some of the horrors of what the modern age of technology is doing to really, uh, what does it say, presumes to help us overcome some of these problems and is only exacerbating them on, multi, on order to orders of magnitude. Well, one of you, uh, most of you, I'm sorry, would know that um, back in July of this past year, July 27th, my dad passed away. And all of you probably, and if you don't, I'll let you know, he was the um, the one who the Lord chose to found this ministry that now we are partaking 
of the fruit of. And uh, I would say that our gathering this week and this evening in pursuit of closer relationship with God, closer relationship with one another, deeper understanding and walk in the truth would have to be a glorious answered prayer of his. That was what he desired. The whole, my whole growing up, that's what he envisioned, is that someday God would begin to gather together people from every, every nation, every background, and begin to open our hearts to receive that manna, that bread from heaven. We are partaking of that labor. I had a dream uh, early in the morning of Sunday, March 27th of this year. And in that dream, I was in a gathering. It was probably a room not as big as this room, maybe half as many people uh, gathered in the room. And they were they were meeting in some kind of a church setting, uh, desirous for something from God. And various people were getting up and sharing various things, true things. And these people were, they were hungry. They were the people of God who are running to and fro seeking to hear the word of God. And yet... Words that even came, they couldn't hear because there were so many distractions of performance, distractions of every imagine, everything that you would come to expect in a, uh, a world that is losing its focus on its, on its conductor. And these people were, I, my heart was breaking for them. And... I stood up, I had an opportunity to stand and, and say something, and at first I couldn't even shout. It was, there was so much going on that it, there was no opening for the word of God to go forth. And finally I got an opening and I, I said, folks, I want to tell you a story. And I started to speak to them and tell them a story about how a people, just a, just a few lepers who were not a people, started being fashioned into the people of God. I started telling them about my dad and the vision that he had when he first began to birth this work and the belief that somehow... God could get a hold of people across the world and start changing their minds. I remember hearing stories. I remember one time he went to, to people that he was, he was in communication with and he began to speak to them the same message that we've heard come out of her, my people. You know, isn't it amazing that he, he's speaking into Babylon, 
And he sees people who are ensnared, entrapped, entangled in Babylon. And yet he still calls them his people. He still says, come out of her. He speaks about her, come out of her, my people. Amen. They may be misguided. They may be, they may be pulled down. They may be beaten down. They may be bruised and wounded. And he says, he still says, but they're mine. Come out of her, my people. And when the Lord says, come out of her, contained in that invitation to come out is the grace and the power to do it. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord has been throughout the ages calling to his people who are trapped in Babylon and saying, come out, come out. How many, how many of God's people right now, how many of us know it, feel it, see it? We know of God's people, his dear sheep without a shepherd, his dear flock who has been scattered in Babylon. Amen. We know that they're there and we know they're bewildered. The word came to me, bewildered. And I remember once my dad spoke to us, says, do you know what bewildered means? It's you have lost your way. It comes from the same word as wilderness. You're bewildered. You are lost in a wilderness and have no concept of where, where, what true north is. They're confused in the place of confusion. They've seen things being fused together that ought not be fused together. And they're stuck and they're saying, is that God or is this God? Is that right or is that right? They're bewildered. And yet the voice of God is still saying, come out of her, my people. Wherever it is you are, amen, there is still yet a place that you can still go to. Where you can find true north. And I believe, I'll testify that I have heard the voice of God over these past few days saying, let me show you how to line up true north. See that big dipper in the sky? If you'll make that line through the end of the cup, you're going to see a star out there, and that's true north. Amen. And if you'll set your heart, if you'll set your mind, if you'll set your face to follow in that direction, you say, oh boy, but shouldn't it be brighter than that? It always, it always amazes me how many stars there are in the heavens that are much brighter than the north star. But that's the north star. So if you want to navigate find that North Star. It may not be the loudest. It may not be the brightest. It may not be the one flashing neon. Amen. But it's the North Star. And it's the path. It's the, it's the coordinate by which God's people, wherever they are, whether they're in Babylon, whether they're bewildered in the wilderness, Babylon confusion of things mixing together that ought not be mixed, the wilderness of wandering and wondering this way and that, where do we go? Or at the brink of the Jordan River, that star will keep on guiding us if we'll follow it. Amen. That faint whisper that we've heard, 
and sometimes it hadn't been a whisper. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's been a shout. Have you heard it this week? Thank you, Jesus. That's the Lord saying, I want to show you how to get out from where you are. I told Brother Ossie a week or so ago that I had been remembering the, um, the last, you know, I'd had several, I had several more conversations with Dad uh, after this, but it was the last one where, you know, for 20, somewhere between the, in the first 15 to 20 years of my ministry, constantly I was on the phone with Dad, talking burdens and talking vision, talking dreams and hopes and desires Amen. To see the kingdom advance and fulfilled. And as his health began to diminish, he had just less strength than he had when he was younger. But we'd always have time for those, those times. And the last one like that was Thursday, I believe, before he passed. And he passed on Tuesday. And I was sitting next to his bed. No, it was, it was the second to the last. And I was sitting next to his bed, and he was bedridden at that point. And he was, his voice was pretty muted. And I was sitting there holding his hand and just praying for him. And he said, son, and he, he began to weep. And he said, son, I, I, I have a question. He said... I have spent my life, the Lord knows I have, trying to warn, trying to wake up God's people. And I don't know if they heard. And I said, Dad, I know some of us have heard. I feel like we've, we've awakened And he said, but what about all those out there? What about the church? What about the broader church? Are they hearing? Are they waking up? And I said, Dad, I believe some of them are. And whatever it takes, we're going to do our part to carry on what you started. Amen. They're going to wake up. Not all of them. You know, the other night... Brother Ossie asked how many people that was who came out of Babylon. You know, it's between one and two and a half percent of the people who went into Babylon. Think about that. Between two and five million people were still in Babylon, and 50,000 of them came out. I don't know what happened to those others, but I tell you, we know what happened to the 50,000 who came out. And that's called a remnant of the people of God. I'm going to do my part. Are you going to do your part? Amen. Are your eyes beginning to be opened? Is God starting to wake us up to the state, the condition of warfare? Amen. That he has called us to. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Amen. For the tearing down of strongholds and of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I have two scriptures I'd like to read to you. Remember the brothers, I don't remember if it was Brother Dan or Brother Ossie, 
uh, quoted the scripture from Ezekiel and said, show them, how does it say, show them the plan. And for those who are grieved or who weep, show them the design, the full design, okay? In that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, who has been replenished, do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. Yahweh your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. When Yahweh brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then they said among the nations, Yahweh has done great things for them. And indeed, Yahweh has done great things for us. And we are glad. Amen. So I say to you, if all of the things that you've heard about the condition of the church in this present day has grieved your heart, if you can't be still and at ease in Zion, get on your feet. Rise up, O oh men and women of God. Wake up. Amen. And strengthen the things that remain. Because we live in, the, in an hour, amen, where God is calling to his people and saying, this is your time. This is your hour. Amen. So get on your feet. Amen. Let them be shod with the preparation of the gospel. Amen. Pick up the sword of truth, which is the word of God. Amen. That has been being sharpened for us this past week. Amen. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Doesn't it strike you as strange? Amen. That the popular modern doctrine, doctrines in the church have robbed the church of the breastplate of righteousness, his righteousness, put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation because this is your hour. This is our hour. This is the hour for the people of God to stand up on the face of the earth as a mighty army who have the spirit of almighty God breathed inside of them, who have been equipped with the word of that same God and are ready to go forth as the people of God. Amen. And when you do, amen, your mouths will be filled with laughter. Amen. Your tongues with songs of singing. Amen. Rejoicing and saying, surely God has been good to us. I want to say, in answer to Dad's question, the church is being awakened. Amen. Is it? Is the Lord not calling for the next great and maybe the greatest awakening yet? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Let's shot our feet and let's go to battle.
Amen. Somebody said, quoted, the day is coming and now is when the dead will hear the word of God and those who hear it will live. Now, do you think that word of God is a powerful thing? Amen. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and it is the discerner of the thoughts and the uh, intents of the heart. Amen. There will be some who reject it. That's okay. Amen. For everyone who rejects it, there will be ten more who say, Amen. Surely God has been good to us. Thank you, Jesus. We live in a, a wonderful time, brothers and sisters. Let's shot our feet and get busy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You who find it never die. Past mountain peaks laced wide with snow. The way grows brighter as we go. There is a road prepared for you. The destination sure and true. From pilgrimage do not depart run after God with all your heart run after God with all your heart sometimes a shadow dark and cold falls like a mist across the road but don't be by the side where there's a shadow there's a It's good to look back down. We've come so far, we've gained such ground. But joy is not in where we've been. Joy is in waiting at the end. There is a road prepared for So far.